Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Apollo goes through these character phases where sometimes he's, like the first season he was really uh, going against Commander Dadama and then he was rebellious and then he kind of came around and he was kind of like a cag and he was following the line and now he's kind of fishtailing around with his character a little bit to me. Alright, obviously Lee is now set up as someone who's going to be in charge of the trial. Somebody yeah. else could become the CAG because of that. My grade could definitely change depending on what they do with the reaction to Starbucks quote-unquote death. move for this guy to be removed. Bodyguards were killed and the baby was gone. She sort of fluffed up her hair. I was like, did he ask about me? <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is show number 15. We are a podcast about Battlestar Galactica. My name is Brian and with me today... Michelle. And Dimitri. Jason couldn't be with us today. He is out of the country on business, but he is with us in our minds. In our hearts. In our hearts. You can reach us at gquorum at gmail.com, G-Q-U-O-R-U-M, voicemail 206-2020-BSG. Please, someone call us. No one ever takes advantage of this voicemail system we have. Yeah, if you want to make a comment using your voice rather than email, call. Our website is galacticaquorum.com. We have forums there. We have a frapper map. We have a tip jar, if you're so inclined. So yeah, come and join us on the forums and talk about the episode or the season or our show in general. We'd love to hear from you. Up front, we've not listened to the official World of the More podcast. I should make this on a cart so I don't have to read it every time. I should just push a button. That would be a good idea. That would be. I should just do that. <laughs> we will discuss the current episode in depth, but no spoilers for upcoming episodes, but we will speculate aplenty about the current one. News. How about some news? Cons? Uh, I've got a couple cons, actually, this, that are coming up this weekend. And I'm sorry I'm late on this, but, you know, they're last-minute additions, so. First one is All Con 2007 in Dallas, Texas, for all you people down south. The dates are March 16th through the 18th. And the guests that are going to be there are Kate Vernon, who plays Ellen Ty, and Luciana Caro, who plays Kat. They'll be there. They're both dead. The all-dead appearance. <laughs> the all-dead appearance. If you want to check out more information and register... The website is www.all-con.org. Um, and the second one is AggieCon in College Station, Texas. And actually, that one's March 22nd through 25th. I was wrong. It's not this weekend. And the only guest that's going to be there is Richard Hatch. He, he makes the rounds. He loves those cons. <laughs> I still think we should go on the Richard Hatch cruise. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> I should mention, last time I mentioned the Icon Con in Stony Brook was March 21st to 23rd. I was wrong. It's actually the 23rd to the 25th, so slight correction there. Let's see, other news. Last week I brought up the props that we are working on, the gun in particular. And I should clarify, it's the gun from Season 1, not the current crap gun they're using. We were trying to mold some pieces of it, and we've encountered some newbie difficulties. difficulties that You've are, actually been molding it? Yeah. Oh. Well, see, all the websites and that Brian has come across where, where guys or girls have been putting guns together, they show how they put the pieces onto existing pistols, but they don't show how they make the pieces. Right. And I'm at a clueless juncture in my 
clay forming life because I was working on this weekend and there's no way that you can, I mean, maybe there is a way, but I see no way that you can build it out of clay so that it's 100% symmetrical on both sides, sharp edges, flat, like a piece of metal. I don't know how to do it. I might be able to, when I'm finished with my clay thing and it dries, I might have to sand it down and use a Dremel. And then I was thinking maybe I can make it out of foam or balsa wood or not foam core, but something of that nature where I could put pieces together. Even though I was looking at photographs and I was looking at my sketches that I did of Brian's gun that he ordered from eBay or wherever that he showed us last week, my gun still came out looking different than both of them. So it was like I was making my own unique version. Bottom line, if I end up getting more clay and redoing it, it's not going to look exactly like anybody else's. It's going to be the Dimitri version of the BSG Blaster. If there is someone out there that has experience with making these kind of props, please drop us a line. We kind of understand the process of starting with the clay, then you know, putting a rubber mold over it, and then casting resin from that. But even step number one is kind of giving us difficulty. And as far as props go, there's another website I should direct people to if you're interested in costumes and props. Colonialfleet.org has a lot of people on their forums discussing costuming and props. So you might want to check that out. Let's wrap up the previous show, Maelstrom, and the Ronald D. Moore podcast. Towards the end, he talks about an interesting thing that happened in the final scene where Adama gets emotional and breaks the shit out of his model boat, the ship. And in the podcast, he mentions how that was spontaneous, wasn't planned, and oh boy, wish they knew he was going to do it because yeah. it was apparently a very expensive model ship. That was great. I would love to have seen the uh, set guys while he was doing that. I would love to have seen their faces. <laughs> I should bring up, we did get an email from Ed who mentioned something about, we're all kind of speculating about Starbuck. Is she dead? Is she going to come back? And if so, is she final five or some other incarnation and the thing about final five to me i don't understand how we now we know a lot of her backstory her mother can a silent have <laughs> can a silent have a mother it sounds like one of these books are reading well, you kids. know what okay i hate to do this but i was listening to another podcast about that episode and they had brought up a theory that maybe she was a hybrid that maybe her father was a silent because since her mother served in the previous Cylon War, maybe there were skin jobs during that previous war and Starbuck's father was a Cylon. And that's why her mother keeps saying that she's special and blah, blah, blah. I thought that was a very interesting theory. I just wish we knew more about the timeline of a lot of these events. I always assume that skin jobs first appeared within the last two to five years. And prior well, to that, it was... As long as the Cylon War has been going on, what is it, like 40 years? Yeah, it started, that yeah. They were all just purely metal machines, and so... But maybe they did, I mean, maybe they did have skin jobs during that war, and nobody really knew. I mean, maybe they were infiltrating the colonies even back then. Seems unlikely to me, because why wouldn't they have totally use that to their advantage back then? I don't know. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Starbuck. I definitely think she's coming back. There's so many things that are left open with her. The whole destiny thing. Yeah. The whole thing about Leoben. Like, who is Leoben going to have to kick around anymore? If Leoben shows up, he's going to be like, 
Oh, where's Starbucks? Oh, she's gone. Oh man, he yeah. have, he's not gonna have a purpose anymore. If it was a normal character who didn't have like all this stuff tied to her dramatically, then it would have been a really good exit. But I don't think they can just do it with her that way because no. she well, has way too much tied into her. The whole yeah, they can't build up her whole destiny and then say, okay, she's dead. Yeah, you ready to move on to the next show? Current sure. War. All right, let's talk about the sun also rises. I was really not feeling the muse for writing this synopsis this time. I did come up with something, though, so here we go. On the next episode of Dirty Jobs, being Baltar's lawyer. Seems they are even more reviled than the usual run-of-the-mill ambulance chaser. They can take lawyer jokes, but the explosive detonators are a serious drawback to the job description. But coming to the answer to the call is Roma Lampkin, cool as a cat with his long coat and dark shades. Indeed, he does wear his sunglasses at night. Still fracked up over Starbucks' death, Apollo gets assigned the unlikely job of handling Lampkin's security. But when it comes to solving a caper, he's no helo. Did he even check to see that civilian doctor's alibi? And explosive devices are stuck all over the place. Lampkin meets with Baltar and then Six. He masterfully pulls her strings to get her to cooperate with him. Right up to when, like Agent Smith's first interrogation of Neo, he pulls off his shades to show her the genuineness of his sincerity. Hey, it worked. Six is in their pocket. Did I say there? Yes, it seems Apollo is following Lampkin around and starting to seek his approval more so than his father's. Does he recognize that he might just be a pawn in Lampkin's game? Apparently not. When Lampkin gives him a dose of the no sunglasses trick, he melts just the same, and he too is under his hypnotic power. As for the whodunit, Callie is suspicious of Athena, and Athena doesn't trust Callie, which leads to the best scene in the show that no one saw, but we'll discuss that later. No, the identity of the culprit was Kelly. Adam is satisfied that the security threat is over, but Lee wants to hang with Lampkin some more. And back in his cell, Balthar is reunited with his true love, his pen. Roll credits. It's a pen in the neck. Yeah, not the same pen. But. You mentioned uh, that uh, he wears his sunglasses at night, and Adama was uh, chewing out Apollo in his office and said, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. But since there's no orbit, it's really always the daytime, and... Uh, so how do I know it's the middle of the night? Yeah, they seem to be going off of... I guess they're going off Caprica time. I think that's what they're doing. They're just working off the clock? I'm sure they keep a, a clock. They're, like in a submarine, when you're deep underwater, they have a clock that they run, different shifts. There is a, quote, probably daytime and a, quote, nighttime. It's like being in a casino where you never know what day it is. So what are your thoughts about this episode in general? I thought it was short. Really? When, yeah, when it ended in the... Credits rolled. I actually said it out loud. Oh, that was short. Well, there probably could have been more to it. The hour went by quickly. That's what I mean by I felt short. I enjoyed the episode. By saying this, I don't mean I didn't enjoy the episode. I'm just saying it. The show felt real fast. I thought it was good. They brought in everything I kind of wanted to see. I'm glad they started it off with Adama reflecting on Starbuck and didn't just, you know, ignore the fact that Starbuck died. I liked how they seemed to express how everyone was coping with the loss. Like you said, it wasn't just swept under the rug. They actually dealt with it. Or tried to. Or tried to. Or they, maybe the characters themselves didn't deal with it, but the, you know, the writing showed that the characters were, who was on their minds. I think Anders being in the episode was a good addition, an excellent addition. And the fact that he was completely trashed on top of a viper. That was cool. Yeah. I like that. Good Who would have and I like I like his quote when he fell off. Oh, I think I fell out. <laughs> That's awesome. I like when he was like Lee. 
Apollo. I thought that was funny, just the way he spoke it. I hope that's not the last of Anders. I really like him. Well, it's like, who'd have thought that Anders would have outlived Starbuck? Several episodes ago, we were all wondering, back when Dee was on the planet and he was on the planet, we were wondering, is this going to be their opportunity to get rid of those two characters so Lee and Starbuck can get together? Yeah. And the, the odds of those two other characters surviving seem minimal. But now, Anders is still around. Another thing I liked was how they kind of tied together the idea of love and loss. Like, obviously, Adama and Lee were missing Starbuck and somehow had that merge somewhat with Caprica 6 saying how you know she still loved Baltar. Lampkin saying his story about his wife. They really drove it home. We said how he, he missed her or he, there was some kind of loss. And there was another shot, a reaction shot of Lee standing behind him kind of with this expression like he somehow he knew that in a way applied to him. So I liked how they did that. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't gratuitous how they did that. So I give him credit for that. I liked Six. She turned to him and said, she sort of fluffed up her hair. I was like, did he ask about me? <laughs> like, yeah. First you're saying how he's arrogant and conceited and you should have been the one to stab him yourself. And now you're like, did he ask about me? Acting like a real human woman. <laughs> <laughs> what were your impressions of Roma Lampkin as a character? He creeps me out and I love the actor. Yeah. He, did a few episodes of Medium, and he played a serial killer, mm-hmm. a ghost serial killer. He's so creepy. I love him. Yeah, most people will recognize him from Badger in Firefly, so that's where I recognize him the most from. But this character, I don't think I would like nearly as much if he wasn't playing it. It almost seems sort of a little stereotypical. The one guy that they pull out, the fourth guy on the list that they could have to be the guy, and he's like a wonderkin kind of lawyer. He's obviously got all this talent and he charms everybody and he can do all this stuff. Where was he before? And he just happens to know. He just happens to know all this stuff. Right. And he knows his grandfather. And yet, despite all that, the way he's played, I really dug it. I just thought he nailed that. So I buy the character because he's playing the character. Yeah. I don't think any other actor could have done it the same way. I don't know if it's intentional, but they made a point in a previous episode, how Baltar said he was from Aileron and he had that different accent. The Lampkin character kind of does have that other accent. And I almost wonder if that was intentional or or what. And why was he stealing everything? That's just his quirk. He's a collector. (laughs) It's just weird. You know, I have to say, uh, James Callis plays Baltar. Yeah. He does such a good job in that role. Like, I really believe that he's just losing his mind and completely freaked out and, you know, desperate to get his words out there. He does such a good job. It's a challenging role because he's gone from being, if you look where they started in the first season, where he was sort of a floppy, bumbling, he evolved into like this more sinister character. Now he's kind of a desperate character. Speaking of Baltar, I liked, did you notice one of the reporters that was on the was ship? Was the chick that he slept was, with in yes, the bathroom? the chick he <laughs> fracked yeah. in the bathroom. They brought I, her I back. Said that. When we were watching it, I was like, wow, she's still here. <laughs> she's lasted for three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And speaking of going back to the very beginning, Kelly, as the guy who was yeah, he ultimately... Was he was in the miniseries. He so, was one of the first actors to hit the screen right, right. in the miniseries. And again, this is the second episode in a row where they've gone all the way back yeah. to the origins of the show. 
Maybe so, they're trying to redeem themselves. I'm not sure if, again, is it something intentional where they're taking these original concepts and characters and going all the way back or, or what it could mean? I'm not sure. Or we're looking too deep into it. Could be. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> I think it seems really crazy that the ship is so, it's a, it's a military ship, it's the flagship, and it's in such crazy disarray. The people are planting bombs everywhere and stuff. Adam was like, well, we're going to lighten up security now that we got Kelly and he was the one planting the bombs. But, like, shouldn't you have, I don't know, a refresher course on what it means to have honor and the military and you don't <laughs> want to blow up your own people? Right. That's I not mean, the first time that bombs have been taken out of the arms locker either. Doesn't someone check that? <laughs> Isn't there a master at arms who, like, checks the stock in the inventory? The one thing I kind of didn't like about this episode, which is kind of funny because it's kind of integral, is the whole Apollo working for the other side angle where he was... I, okay, there's something I don't understand. How come... Okay, the president and the admiral were like, yeah, we should have Lee help out. And then right. when Lee requests the help out, they're like, no, we made a mistake. You can't do it. Did they say that, that they wanted him to be... They originally wanted him on as someone who would set things up and set up the framework, which didn't exist. I don't know if they specifically wanted him to be but uh, I can't the imagine, prosecuting attorney or even help on that side. They but wanted I can't him imagine to, they would want him to help the guy who could possibly potentially get Baltar off. No. And how come, okay, the Admiral... That's what he wants to do. I no, guess. I know that's what he wants. Which is retarded. No, you know, at least... Well, why is it retarded? Speak your mind. Well, because he spends his whole military career, well, not whole military career, but his latter part of the military career is about destroying the Cylons and protecting the human race. And so now he wants to protect the guy who potentially is involved in getting them into the situation that they are on the run to Earth. And he spent a bunch of time on a base star and he wasn't killed. And so I mean, it just seems really strange that he would exactly. want to protect him. Like, That's exactly how I felt. I really think that he would be like, you know, I can stand up for principles, a fair trial for everyone, but not this guy. Not the guy that's really just so obviously a bad guy. Well, and what is he doing it for? Is it just because of the principles? Or is it, again, one of these things where he, he seems to be going against his father for the upteenth time? This is why the character just annoys me and is so wishy-washy. Uh, like one episode before, he and his dad are all, they're bonded again. Uh, and in this episode, Adam even starts out kind of connect with them. I'm sorry I did this. He's, I'm sorry well, I did he's this. He's been like that for the past three years. That's I know, what exactly. I was say, is that he, That's why I can't stand him. He's so, he's so all over the place that he never has an exact loyalty to anything. And, you know, one minute he's like, I'm going to be with D. No, I'm going to be with Starbuck. No, I'm going to be with D. Is know? Galactica the only military ship in all of the ships they have? I don't know, because when they drew the, the, ha- or the numbers from the bowl, or the names from the bowl, yeah. they said the other captains from the ship, and captains could be in a civilian ship, but... I've always wondered, are there any other military ships in the fleet? Even if it's just like a transport vessel, a frigate, any kind of, anything else that has a gun on it, it's going to have some sort of defense. He but, should, Adama should send Apollo to one of those. And how come the Admiral was picked to be on the tribunal? Shouldn't he not be allowed to, shouldn't he be not eligible to even be considered for that position? Yeah, it's too close to the, to the case. So. I, I would th- think the first motion that the defense guy would say is, uh, I move for this guy to be removed as yeah. the commander of the fleet. <laughs> that to me would be like the first thing he would say. I just, I, 
He shouldn't have like been, a, he shouldn't even been in the bowl. No, he yeah, shouldn't have been. Exactly. And it seems like an obvious device, a plot device to have the old man against the sun again. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the bonus scene that hardly anyone saw. The one that they aired on sci-fi just oops, literally two seconds. <laughs> this is another one of the scenes, the bonus scenes, that actually was better than a lot of the rest of the episode. If you saw the end of the show that was on the air, they showed 10 seconds and it was like, what? But if you actually were lucky enough to see it on the website and it didn't time out on you or stutter or whatever, and you watched the whole two and a half or whatever minutes it was, you saw a really engaging confrontation between Callie and Athena. And I think that was one of the best scenes in the show. And I'm really sorry they cut it out. I agree. It should have been in there. Where, I don't know, but... It should have been in there. It should have been. It seems the pattern is whenever they have a deleted scene, it's always characters or a scene that's just outside the main story. I can see they're thinking that, well, that's outside the main story. It's extraneous. It doesn't help. But as we've said many a time, the more you can pepper in some new, fresh stuff into an episode, that spruces it up. It makes it seem more vibrant. The storylines that are they're in there, even as short as they are, they make it seem more fresh. And, uh, God, I wish they'd just do that more, but it seems to be their mode of operation. is just They used to do that back in season one. Yeah. Just throw things in there, see confrontations between people. Other quick notes. Hilo is the CAG. How could he be the CAG? He's just a Rio. Yeah, he's A, the Rio, and then B, he just got back into the flight schedule, and now he's the CAG. They should have picked a random name like... Scooter is going to be CAG and just mm-hmm. come up with, you know, it doesn't have Maybe to be. Maybe they're just doing it by rank. Well, it could be about rank, but it should also be about experience. I mean, he hasn't been flying. A, he's not a pilot. He's just a guy who sits next to the pilot. And then B, he hasn't been in the air in a long time. It should be really someone who's a combat pilot. Even in the ready room, everyone else is in their flight gear and he's there in his officer it, uniform. In his office gear. Yeah. yeah. And he's wearing the blues and everyone else is wearing. I would think that one of the requirements for a CAG is an actual pilot who can yeah. actually fly the cap instead of monitoring it from CIC. So does it have to be a Viper pilot or can it be a Raptor pilot? I, I think it just needs to be a pilot because if you think about the way CAG is commander of air group. So it, air group encompasses the Raptors, the Vipers, and who knows, maybe there's other support vessels. Maybe it would be in a bigger fleet, it would be it would need more than just those ships. But, but man, it's somebody who's who's got a really good grasp of the ongoings of all the pilots, and he's been out of it for a while. I mean, they, a couple episodes ago, they're like, hey, welcome back, you know. Oh, look, you got herpes on your mouth, that whole episode, <laughs> right? He just came back then, so how could he be on top of it? I mean, he should have... Why not make Athena the CAG? Well, that's what I was wondering in the original miniseries. Yeah. yeah, in the original miniseries, I believe she ranked him. At least she was his superior on the Raptor. Yeah. She gave him instructions, but I guess they could say... Maybe it would be awkward if, if Cylon was the CAG. Yeah. But is she an officer or not? She yeah, wears what is the her pins. Rank? She is an officer. She is the officer. She wears the pins. So Is her rank the same rank that Boomer's was? Did it, she just automatically get that rank or is she working her way back up? Well, I would assume that they wouldn't just say, that one was this, so you are that. I think she would be independent of that. She would have to be her own rank. So they wouldn't just, it wouldn't be a, a swap. It's like twin sisters. Just because your twin sister dies doesn't mean you get to well, I understand that. take all her experiences. I understand But I don't know what her rank is. We, we should start trying to find that out. 
And oh, another thing. It's just a little bit that I watched of that uh, online piece, but then it got stuck on Michelle's computer, and I got tired of waiting. Uh, <laughs> Athena was saying, well, you know, shoot me, but you're not going to because you wouldn't take a mother away from her child. Well, really, in that frame of thought, she should shoot her and then walk over to the baby and shoot the baby since the baby is 50% silent. That would be messed up. Really? <laughs> I mean, that's how it should be. That's how it should, that's, that's how it should go down. What would happen? It would that's how Callie should roll. When Callie's already shot Sharon, right. but... What would happen if Hera died? We've already discussed this. Like, would she resurrect or... Yeah, what would happen for Hera to... Well, if she died now, nothing would happen because there's no resurrection ship around. I think even if she was to die and there was a res- resurrection ship around... She wouldn't, she wouldn't get she resurrected. She wouldn't get resurrected because they don't have a template for her. But why, not, they, why wouldn't well, they? Well, they it's possible they, they, they could have made a, and in a the beginning, mold of her or something. Yeah, in the beginning they did not, but she was on that ship for a while. They probably had enough information to clone another one. So, yeah, it's possible. But the question is, does she have the internal wiring, whatever that may be, to broadcast out? Well, she broadcast they could have put 50% it in her. of the way, maybe. Or maybe they put it in. Maybe they... We, or maybe we, only have her goes. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe the people who write this show should really... And I'm only saying this because you guys brought it up, but maybe they should really explore the Hera story a little bit since it was such a huge thing when they were escaping from New Caprica that the bodyguards were killed and the baby was gone and like, hello, she's a 50-50 and they just dropped a 50-50 ball. They yeah. Have. I agree. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yes. You made such a huge deal out of it, and then you drop it. Like, just shoot Baltar, and let's get on with the baby. Seriously. Yeah, they definitely have dropped that. We've discussed that many a time. I mean, really, it wouldn't be too hard. Uh, accidentally leave the jail door open. Baltar walks out of the jail. Guard shoots him in the back of the head because he's running. So simple. And just send Gata back in there. Yeah, with a, with a box of pens. <laughs> <laughs> you're gone you know I just want to see Gata shoot him just I want it to be Gata <laughs> oh maybe he'll do it in the courtroom courtroom mm. drama shoot him in Baltar's the Baltar's never gonna die oh Baltar is a huge part of this show and he's never gonna die well, I can said, dream can I they said that about Starbuck too but Starbuck's not an integral part of this show well you'd think she would be because and I don't think she has the dead. destiny I don't think she's dead either she's not dead it's not that. They showed her hand on the on the eject button, and then the next few frames uh, was Apollo, and then her ship blew up. And there's clouds and stuff. There's such an... I mean, she could have ejected. She could have been picked up by the raider that everybody, you know, you guys say that Apollo saw. So if he saw it, two people can't hallucinate the same thing. I don't I, think he saw it, but you guys... Think I don't know, because I watched it again, it. and this time when I watched it, someone... On, on one of our forums or an email had said they watched it and the point of view was out of his canopy. He saw the Raider. But I watched it and the point of view was not out of the canopy. Yeah, right? It was like out a, it was outside, just outside the tail fin of his ship. And so we as the audience saw it and then we saw her. The way it happened was the angle was behind a ship. You saw the Raider off in the distance. It kind of was there for a second, disappeared. Then hers came up and he said, visual, visual, I see her. Why didn't he say visual, I see a raider before that? Maybe he wasn't paying attention to the raider. Well, he was looking for a ship. If he would have saw anything, he would have said something. Wow, can we look into that any further? <laughs> I don't know. Just one other quick note on an odd 
thing to note, but they had a cat in this episode. Yeah, what which, the hell was that? Which was another... <laughs> the cat's name was Moffat. Was it? <laughs> I love how it jumped on uh, uh, Rosin's desk and scared the crap out of her. Yeah. That's but hilarious. The, we have another Earth animal. And the other thing they had was when Hot Dog says, we rickshaw these people around. I was like, hold it, time out. Where do they come up with that verb? Because that totally didn't sit with me. That seemed like it was crossing the line too much into an Earth type of reference. Oh, you mean like lawyer and gun and no, glasses? But all a those? rickshaw is uh, is something that we know from our culture. Well, yes. For him to use it as a verb... Well, if you think about it, the, if the 13th colony went to Earth, then obviously these people colonized but, Earth. So Earth is going to have these phrases and these animals and But whatever. here's the thing. Just because he used rickshaw, I mean, I, I remember that, but they speak English. Who cares if he used the word rickshaw? They speak English. Well, what if he said Care Bear or some other weird term, you know? <laughs> rickshaw is not, a, is not a product. It's a, it's a type of transportation vehicle. They do it right. so we'll identify that was with a, it. That was, that was created on Earth. It wasn't created out there. Yeah, but how did they get the word gun or the word it's uh, a, jail or the word I lawyer? Well, I mean, everything. I mean, why was Hilo wearing Adidas sweatpants with uh, <laughs> Adidas sneakers a few weeks ago? I mean, let's well, we could, you know, this is one of those fine points where you, know? you talk about languages in sci fi shows. The thing about Star Trek, which always, Voyager especially, which always totally annoyed me, was they, they go to the far reaches of the universe that supposedly no one has ever been, and they come up to an alien and it's like, Hello, we are from Planet Bora. And it's like, That's because oh. they have a universal translator. Uh, no, I didn't. Whatever. But- <laughs> it's just like that with Stargate, too. In the beginning, they spoke another language, but then they gave up on it and were just like, forget it. They all speak English. But yet, so, I mean, I see your point, but on the other hand, that word, that term, it just stuck out to me. It was sort of The only strange. word that they really have that is not... Frack. It's frack. <laughs> and the only reason they have it is so they can cuss, supposedly cuss... On TV. On TV. So, <laughs> and now it's turned into like a regular phrase around here. So, do they use centons and picons and microns or whatever? I don't believe so. Like the original series used things like everything was different. Yeah, times Time. were different, lengths Pycons were different. They used yarn for yarns. years. And yeah, I liked that. That it was a little bit more. You know, I think we should. No. I think we should shelf this discussion and put it on a rickshaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's. Oh yeah, go. I have one more thing. Okay. Uh, build a nest around that man and protect his ass. I like that quote. Did you feel that Adama was at all out of line with what he asked Lee to do? No. He's done it before. I'm just trying to get a sense. Yes, because I don't think the Admiral should ask a high-ranking officer to be a military bodyguard for some guy. They should have just gotten some Marine guys and let them do it. That's their job. Okay. He's basically but what a about, tour guy. What about the, uh, the flip side of that when he said, okay, your term now is done... I would like you to go back to your regular job. Do you think that was just asking too much? I'm just trying to get a feel like, did Lee totally just flip out and have his own sort of... Well, the military is supposed to do what the senior ranking officers tell them to do. My friend's in the military, and he's going to uh, Kuwait later on this year, and they told him they were going to leave uh, September 15th, and then they changed it to October. But they told my friend, but since the whole unit's going in October... You're going to go early in August by yourself. And so he can whine and complain to me and his wife, to his friends, but he's not going to go to his uh, commanding officer and bitch at him because they made him go early by himself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So maybe I think uh, Lee is just uh, 
he should know better. I mean, he's your father, but you, you should not talk to him that way. And maybe his father should say, you know what? Frack you, guards, put this guy in the break because he's yeah. pissing me put off. Put him against the bulkhead and shoot him. You know, just I mean, stick him in the break and then think Cali. about how he's, how he's disrespecting his uniform. I mean, really, Lee, I hate to keep harping on this, but what does he think? He is not a lawyer. He's not... He's a fighter pilot. He's a fighter pilot, like his father told him, and th- that he can't see that. He's a baby. He's a big boiner. Apollo should be yelling at his dad saying, I'm not babysitting him. I'm going to be a pilot. And that, he should freak out about that. And now he's, he's a pilot and he's crying because he can't babysit. <laughs> I mean, his whole thing should be, I want to fly. I want to go shoot shit. I think part of his character, though, is that he never wanted so much. Like his desire was never to be a fighter pilot. He kind of fell into it in a certain manner, kind of following his father's footsteps. I don't think it was like a dream of his to be a pilot. So not that he could totally take her to leave it, but I don't think he like just totally like just like Starbuck couldn't wait to get back in the cockpit. Like with her, I think that was a big deal for her. For him, I don't see it as so much, but not so much that it would be like, oh, yeah, this lawyer thing, that's my real calling. And I think I can really make a difference. So I'm going to stand up to you again. If you're a colonial military, are you in for life or do they have like tours of duty? I mean, can you just say, you know what? Probably I used to be tours, tours of duty. I think duty. now you're now basically in for life. Yeah. You know what they need to bring back? I think they need a little more Ty because a lot of the characters have become a little sissy. Mm-hmm. And Ty will bring back the like, this is the military and, you know, frack you all and let's do it right. Ty should go see Baltar, drag him to an airlock and <laughs> boot his ass. I agree. Ty is a grizzled man. I love him. <laughs> and then while while Baltar is flying through space, newly dead, you should send out a Viper and then use him as target practice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. A little more CGI, a little explosion. But make sure Gata gets to stab him in the neck again. <laughs> that was great. So let's give our grades. Who would like to go first? I'm never going first again. <laughs> All right, you can go. I want sloppy seconds. I'm going to give it a B. Because last week, Dimitri said I'm going to give everything a B. So I'm going to give it a B. <laughs> I liked it. I really did like the episode. And I have to agree with him. You know, I liked it so much that I didn't really notice how long it was. I'll give it a B as well. I thought it was, like I mentioned, really structured well. The way they tied in the loss, the love. It didn't seem like it was over the top. The only thing that bothered me, that brought it down was the Lee wishy-washiness of it. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. And even though it was sort of another mystery caper of who did this, that was like a MacGuffin for them to do this other stuff. So, And I love Lampkin. I think he's a really cool character. Well, they needed to kill off the original lawyer, so... Yeah. (laughs) I liked it. Um, I don't have grades, but I liked it. Oh, please. Jason is not here. You can talk freely. And I am talking freely. But I... (laughs) I did like the fact that it seemed, even though they were uh, intertwined, I, it almost seemed like there were two storylines. There was, you know, the bombs mm-hmm. and the terrorism, and then there was the lawyer thing, and then there was the wrapping up of the Starbucks thing with Apollo and Anders. So, you know, I had some negative things to say today, but I'll give it an A. All right. Well, that wraps up this show. Our email address, if you'd like to reach us, is gquorum at gmail.com. Our underused voicemail is 206-2020-BSG. Our website is galacticacorum.com. 
visit our forums, please. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye. So say we all. Can I redo the previously? What? I don't like the voice. Okay. The tidbit. I think it sounds great, but you can do it if you want. No, that's fine. If you can. Briefly on Galactica Squirrel. Squirrel? Galactica Squirrel? Squirrel. Previously on Galactica Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Ew.